Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your discovery liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. Welcome back to the Discovery Doc Podcast. I'm here with your host, Dr. Cece, functional medicine nurse practitioner, crunchy mama, and self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and my co-host... I'm Anna Kate, your medical mystery overachiever and discovery liaison. And we are back with a special guest. I love when we have special guests, don't you? I do too. I love picking brains. I'm about it. And today <laughs> we have Miss Chelsea Keens, who is the founder of the Gut Health Agency, which specializes in all things functional medicine and gut testing and nervous system healing as well, which is why I'm super excited about this topic. Mm-hmm. I think it is talked about enough, and I don't think many people understand the depths of how gut health can impact our nervous system and how then that impacts us in terms of our healing and our overall health. So Chelsea, thank Mm -hmm. you for joining us. We are so excited to have you. I would love to kind of give you the floor to allow our followers, our listeners to know who you are and what led you to the space you're in at life today. Yeah, thank you so much, ladies. I'm super excited to be here. And, you know, it's it's actually a two-way street. You know, you mentioned, Dr. Cece, that our gut health impacts our nervous system. And actually what our specialty is, vice versa, the nervous system's impact on gut health. And uh, my personal story was autoimmune disease and psoriasis that started popping up on my body actually in high school. So we're going back two-thirds of my life now, actually even more than that, over 20 years ago. And I never wanted to... I always have to disclaim, bless that medicine here. I am a true fan of Western medicine when there is a time and place. And when it comes to chronic illness, there is no mistake that Western medicine just has not caught up with symptom management and actually root cause healing. (laughs) You know, symptom management truly is the Western route, which is wonderful. And, you know, if those medications that you're on or those creams that you're using, if you deal with rashes like I do, if they are helping you get out of bed and function throughout your day and feel confident wearing the clothes you want to wear, then bless that medicine. And for me personally, it was never a long-term solution. It just wasn't. I'm an expat. I live in Central America. I've traveled the world, uh, killing my immune system, which is really just the only solution as of right now for autoimmune conditions and biologics were just not an option for me. And I, it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel right. Again, bless that medicine. If you have chosen that route, this is not about judgment or shame. It's just my personal story. It just didn't make sense for me. And I truly believed that there's no way that my body can just be attacking itself randomly. That makes no sense. We are divine beings. We are made in the image of God, truly, whatever, however you want to use that word. I use the word God, but yeah. you know, angels, universe, whatever it may be. You are speaking our language. Girl. Yeah, you know we. It, yeah, yeah. If if you know, all the time, we're if, if you want to see proof of magic, just 
Yeah. I always like to say, if you want to see proof of magic, then watch a fetus grow in the womb. I mean, if there's, if, if you need proof that there's something bigger than us that is helping us, I don't know, live our lives abundantly, then, then just go have a watch of that. So, uh, intuitively I, back 20 plus years ago before gut health was trending before trending was even a thing. Um, I, I thought I had an allergy. I thought I was, I must be allergic to something that I'm eating. I kind of went rabbit hole down the food sensitivity route. I hired a functional doctor again, way back in the day, I spent $500 in 2004, 2005, um, which back then was a month's rent <laughs> on, uh, a gut healing protocol. And it was scary and it was life-changing and I haven't gone back since. And now, you know, 20 years later, lots of education, lots of specialty, uh, furthering education and specialties in the mind, the brain, the gut, and how they communicate with each other. Uh, it's really, really evident that we just live in a time and place that is not conducive to a functioning, well-functioning gastrointestinal tract. <laughs> it's just not. The world that we live in does not support good gut health. And I think to kind of put a pretty bow on all that and move forward, you know, there, there are a lot of ways to heal that are free and that don't involve uh, confusion. And I think the biggest hurdle for most of the people that I work with, especially the high performing people that I work with is having to unlearn that there's value in doing less and there's value in trusting our body and doing what it does best. And that's to heal, regenerate, absorb, and eliminate. And oftentimes we want to control that process. <laughs> um, and this is why at the Gut Health Agency, we specialize in doing subconscious healing and coaching on these types of things, because oftentimes we are our greatest blocks. So here I am now with the founder of a company and hopefully helping people heal in a lot shorter time than multiple decades yes. <laughs> that it took me to figure it out. Yes, that is that is absolutely amazing and something that really resonates with with what I do with my patients also is psoriasis. I tell patients this all the time. Psoriasis is a result of your body attacking itself, right? It's an autoimmune component. But like you said, our body mm -hmm. does not just start attacking mm -hmm. itself for no reason. There is a reason why those antibodies yeah. turn on. There's a reason why your body is responding in that way. So instead of applying that topical cream that yep. suppresses that immune response, why aren't we trying to find out what that immune response yep. is? For? And so that is that is near and yeah. dear to my heart too. I know with Anna Kate, she is on her own and has yeah. her own autoimmune journey for years and years and years. And it is, you're right. It's mm -hmm. let's put this steroid, let's put this cream, let's put this suppressive agent, yeah. but we're not trying to figure out what's causing it. Mm. So that is, that is something that I preach all the yeah. time. I love that. So where is a good place to start with explaining to someone who might not know the connection between our nervous system and, and the yeah. gut, where's a good place to start to educate that human? Yeah. yeah. So if we zoom out and we look at all of the biological functions, of our body, particularly the things that happen from infancy. This is, I think, often a great reminder for a lot of people that when we are born and even in the womb, there are certain functions that happen without us having to think about it or control it. 
we breathe, our heart beats, we poop, we pee. <laughs> you know, if, if we are lucky enough, we are fed and nurtured in a loving way on a regular basis. And our body knows what to do with that food, milk, whatever you want to, you know, from infancy, right? So if we think about the systems that are controlled by an, well, how are these systems controlled, right? If we really zoom out and look, we think, okay, well, what are the things that my body does that I don't have to think about? These are the subconscious functions of our brain, our specifically our limbic system or our subconscious mind. You can use them interchangeably and maybe to eliminate some of the confusion of the nervous system world right now, you can think of the subconscious mind and the limbic system as the same thing. And, you know, this, the brain stem, our most primal brain that is in control of these really survival mechanisms of our life, right? Again, breathing, heart rate, digestion, and so much more. Um, these are the functions that we need to start thinking about when it really comes to root cause healing and understanding that it's probably not the food that we're eating or the world that we're living in that's causing the problem, but maybe how we are perceiving all of these things in our lives, because our subconscious brain is wired for survival. That's it. That's all it does. You know, we can, we can think about this aspect of ourselves that's actually in control that is below our level of consciousness. So it's frustrating, right? And it often creates this level of internal dissonance because we believe we're in control. <laughs> Um, and, and maybe there's a good example to give here, right? If you get a cut on your hand, maybe more than a paper cut, a wound of some kind. And this is a, a personal example as well. Actually, for me, it was a rug burn on my ankle. I was like doing yoga and on a not, not appropriate surface. And I fell and I got a rug burn on my ankle. And for some reason, I just became fixated on this wound. And I kept cleaning it with peroxide. I kept putting Neosporin on it and I kept it wrapped for weeks. Sure enough, <laughs> what didn't happen? Well, it never formed a scab and it never healed. It stayed this open, weeping, gross wound. And the more I fixated on it, the worse it got. Finally, my husband at the time looked at me, he goes, Chelsea, just leave that thing alone. Take the bandaid off, let it dry out, let it air out. And sure enough, within a week, it scabbed over and it healed. Now the healing process isn't pretty. And I think this is also a really important takeaway. We assume healing is going to be this easy thing. Healing is inflamed. It's red. It's itchy. It's ugly. It's, it's yucky. It's just a yucky thing, <laughs> uh, which is just a humbling reminder that again, like we're just beings, like we're just animals roaming around. And we think that we have more control than we actually do. But truly, our subconscious brain is what is in control. And this is that animalistic primal, some people might call it a lizard brain, right? Those very, very primal reactions and survival mechanisms of our life. So when it comes to healing internally, it can be challenging because we can't see the wound. Right. Of course, I walk in the world of gut health. So I'm particularly thinking of things like ulcerative colitis or, you know, anything that falls in the really part of my words here, the, the real bullshit diagnosis of, of IBS, you know, oh, you just have IBS. See you later. It's like, okay, yeah, I have irritable bowels. Thanks. I already know that. That's why I'm here. Right. <laughs> it's quite frustrating for a lot of people. Right. But when it comes to healing things that we can't 
see things that are internal create this frustration within us, which then triggers again, our subconscious brain. Oh, I'm not in control, which triggers a fear response, which triggers a survival response. So now we're, again, we're taking it back to the subconscious mind. And if we really think about what's in charge, it's our central nervous system. And we essentially have two responses, the fight or flight, which most of us have heard because we live in a society that even teaches about the fight or flight response. It's like so common and so praised <laughs> that fight or flight is a, is a household term, right? We, we can visualize that. We're missing a few things there, fawn and flight, which are also sympathetic responses. But this is, you know, 50% of the central nervous branch is a sympathetic response. The parasympathetic response, which we don't often talk about because it's not praised as often in our society, is rest and digest. Rest and digest. <laughs> if we are not resting, we are not digesting. And if we do not know how to train our nervous system to healthily bounce back and forth between sympathetic and parasympathetic, we are living in this really dysregulated and confused state. Taking it now to the correlation of gut health, you know, on a really sciencey explanation of it, is we have a nerve called the vagus nerve. It directly communicates bi-directionally from our brain to our gut. I mean, this nerve literally attaches in to both places. <laughs> it's touchable. If you were to crack a person open, you could actually touch this nerve. And in this nerve, you have communication pathways that go back and forth. So now you can start to see that, okay, my subconscious mind, which is in charge of survival and the primal functions of my body, breathing, heart rate, digestion, and more, lymphatic, immune, all, all those things that we don't think about in control. That part of our brain is constantly trying to keep us alive. That part of our brain also doesn't understand logic. So we've seen studies of neuroplasticity now that show that we can create new neural pathways. However, the old neural pathways that were instilled within the first seven years of our life are actually what's controlling everything else. And this is what's determining the functions of our gut health. So we're like, again, this is, we're really zoomed out now and looking at logistically, how can I start moving away from focusing on what am I eating for gut health and start really thinking about how am I eating for gut health? What is the state that my nervous system is in? Because if you pop in a quick Google search, parasympathetic versus sympathetic, you will see very blatantly when you're in a sympathetic state, hydrochloric acid's not produced in your stomach, proton pumps are not working, we don't have gastric emptying from our stomach, our liver gallbladder isn't producing and holding bile the way that it should, our pancreas is not producing enzymes the way that it should. So if you're constantly on the go and you eat a quote unquote healthy salad, but you're in traffic and you're trying to inhale it on the way to some board meeting, you don't have, you're setting yourself up for failure because you don't have the mechanisms from your throat to your bum that you need in order to break down those really healthy quote unquote foods, right? You're not going to absorb the nutrients and eliminate the waste in the form of a salad would be the, the fiber of that salad, right? Right. So this is where we really start to get kind of like, it was a long answer, but I 
think it's really important and maybe to like break it down to really easy terms, your subconscious mind is what's controlling the functions of your gut. If your gut isn't functioning, you might as well just, I don't care what you eat. I mean, in our program, we don't even talk about food for the first two months. I don't care what you're eating. I, I don't, I, I really don't. I really don't care <laughs> because even if you have the healthiest diet in the world, functionally, if you have a traumatized nervous system, your gut's not working. So it doesn't really matter what you're putting in it. I mean, I say that with a little bit of a, you know, like take it with a grain of salt. Of course, we need the foundations of amino acids and proteins and, you know, the, the things that our cells need in order to work well. <laughs> but if the things that are happening in order to absorb those proteins and amino acids and essential fats are not even there, well, we got to back it up one step further. So that's kind of like the why, and that might be helpful then to maybe talk about the how next, but I'll leave that there because yeah, I could go on for a long time about this, ladies. <laughs> I, I love it. And I've, I've been like itching, like taking little notes while you're talking, because I have actually the best example of a patient I saw two days ago and we'll, we'll stick very minimal to details, but she is early forties only has a bowel movement once every two weeks or so and has been through GI has been through. Oh, she must be in so much pain. Yeah. Has, has been everywhere and no relief has to rely on things like Miralax and laxatives. And even those don't make her go at this point, but if you assess her history and the life that she has lived the first seven years of her life were extremely traumatic and she was had to learn in a survival mode to withhold her stool because of certain family life circumstances that were going on and that was occurring within the first it was oh, got out of that situation at year at six years old so when you said that the first seven years of life yeah it is so darn true because the conversation I had with her was like, Hey, yes, I will do everything that GI did not for you. I will find other reasons as to what's going on internally, but this is not just a look at the stool, look at the blood work situation. We need to focus on your central nervous system. No. Yes. And so I, I just yeah. refer to somebody close by who, who I have a good working relationship with who can work with her on the central nervous system aspect yeah. because it doesn't matter what I do. Even if I do things differently yeah. with GI, it doesn't matter. She, her central nervous system needs to be retaught yeah. and relearned how to release that trauma mm -hmm. tension or else nothing I do will work. And you're mm -hmm. right. No diet that she follows or, or food that she eats will matter. Yep. And so that was like, when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. I just went through this with a patient. And that makes so much yes. from and it's so important to go ahead. Well, I mean, from a chronic standpoint, as a, as a patient of even when I did want to eat, like it didn't matter because my body was in fight or flight just chronically with all of the bugs yeah. and bacteria and all the things going on in my body that that makes a whole lot of sense. I learned I was today years old and I learned something. So thank you. There you go. And you know, this is so common as well, ladies, because when you think about even the bowels love habit and routine. So even if you have healthy bowels and you go on a vacation, you're probably going to experience some type of constipation. Whereas, you know, for majority of people, maybe they don't worry about that too much. Of course, 
for my clients, they worry about it big time because it turns into a bigger problem. But habitually, whether it's in infancy or middle school or maybe even high school, if you were bullied, if you were afraid to go to the bathroom, if, you know, if, there's a lot of reasons why people hold their bowels, embarrassment, shame, whatever it may be. And the gut learns habits. So now for years, you're training the muscles, you know, so we have to think about gut health, not just neurologically, but also functionally and also like structurally, you know, there, the, the, the pelvic floor, the migrating motor complex and peristalsis, the, the grander movements of our GI tract, these things learn behaviors just like any muscle in the body. You know, if I go to the gym and I start doing exercises that I haven't done in a long time, my muscles are, <laughs> they're going to be like, what the hell is going on here? And they're going to be sore for a long time, right? There's, there's going to be like early failure on that lift. <laughs> so we teach our bowels and our muscles, you know, but again, between our throat and our bum, we teach our muscles habits. So if holding your bowels was a part of your life story for a long time, that makes so much sense. So in addition to doing the central nervous system work, you know, the functional work, as far as like getting your organs working again and supporting maybe stomach acid, you know, there's mechanical digestion and chemical digestion. So, you know, as far as like Dr. Cece, probably what you do with your, your patients, a lot of the, the chemical digestion can be supported with supplements, at least to kind of like rev the in engine. This is an adult conversation. I always say digestion is about getting turned on again. And supplements are kind of like the lube for sex, right? If you're like wanting to have sex, but you're not quite turned on yet, obviously we want some foreplay to go on. So we call this food foreplay, the, the, what happens before you eat. We want to make sure that your mouth is salivating. We want to make sure that your stomach's producing acid, that everything's happening in the downstream way, but sometimes we need some help and supplements can really help with that in the short term. Of course, we don't want to be reliant on lube for the rest of our lives or supplements for the rest of our lives. So thinking about the mechanical digestion can also be really helpful. So a pelvic floor, floor therapist, doing belly massage, you know, going to see acupuncture specialists who can hit certain nerve points that are going to trigger messages to your bowels that, yeah, we want to stimulate movement through the bowels, especially for chronic constipation. If you're dealing with diarrhea, maybe we need to back up on certain things. We don't want too much stimulation, but if you're dealing with chronic constipation, we need to reteach those muscles when it's okay and that it is okay to release again. And you know, that there's an emotional component and there's a functional component as well. And simple things like getting a squatty potty and lifting your knees above your hips can be really helpful because now you're releasing a nerve in your anus or close to your anus in your pelvic floor. That's actually going to trigger a message to your brain that says, Hey, we're not standing, we're sitting. Now this is a safe time to release. I mean, if you go to any public bathroom in the middle East or in Turkey, they're porcelain holes in the ground with grids for your feet and you get into a full squat in order to go to the bathroom. This is, if anyone's dealing with chronic constipation, just maybe try getting, squatting over your, your toilet, <laughs> truly. And I guarantee it'll happen a lot easier. Yeah, it's and it's so true. If you just think about infants, if you think about babies who go poop, they squat, they go in the corner, they hide, they squat. And that's unnatural, yep. they're not yep. that, right? That's a natural, just mechanism yep. to get in that position. So it, it makes total sense. Yeah. And, to your and let's even think about it to infancy too. 
sorry, we're delayed a little bit. I'm I know sorry. we are. It's totally fine. We're doing our best, y'all. But to your to your point, <laughs> the other person that I referred that patient to is an amazing pelvic floor therapist because it's the central nervous system. Yes, the pelvic floor needs work when we're housing that much trauma, and our central nervous system yes. is staying like this. Then physically, we are also going to stay. Yep. So it's multifaceted. I love that that you mentioned. Yes. Absolutely. And we can even take it one step back to infancy. You know, if for anyone here who's like, oh, my knees won't allow me to squat, you can do literally what's called a happy baby pose and lay on your back and pull your knees into your chest and like get that same effect. Obviously, pooping in that position might be a little awkward or uncomfortable, but hey, we're talking poop here. Do what you got to do to get it out. You know, yeah. but physically, if standing and squatting isn't an option for you anymore, most people can lay in bed early in the morning pull their knees to their chest and do some side to side uh, twists. But even just that happy baby pose, we can also call it a dead bug pose, but happy baby is a little bit more pleasant. And when you think about babies sitting with their diaper on in, you know, in their baby chair, they're constantly grabbing their feet. I'm doing it right now for anyone not watching the visual. They're constantly grabbing their feet and pulling their knees to their chest. This is like an automatic, if you want your baby to poop, but they're put knees to chest and that, that will help a lot. <laughs> right. Absolutely. It makes, it makes total sense. Bring it back to the basics. And like you said, our yeah. brain, parts of our brain don't think they just do things automatically. And so why don't we as adults then do those things automatically? Another thing that you said that, that is fascinating because in, in my world, it, I do think about both, but obviously not to the extent that you do with how our central nervous system impacts gut health, but more than gut health impacting us in terms of our central nervous system as well, is that it is a loop. And so if you have that one, that input mm. down, right, then you're going to have that reverse kind of input going up. And that's when I get patients with yes. a lot of anxiety or lower moods because they're not producing mm -hmm. tonin and 5-HIAA like they could within the GI tract because it's stemming back from a central nervous system yes. response, which impacts the gut, which then impacts literally our neurotransmitters yep, yep. and our mood and how we feel. And even things like OCD, like tendencies or tics yep. or, you know, just emotional kind of liability or dysregulation. Mm -hmm. So it's this whole feedback loop that if it's disrupted, can have major consequences. Mm -hmm. So walk us through. Yes, even thyroid health, same thing. Yeah. You know, T4 is, is converted in the gut. So the thyroid produces what T3 and T4, but in order for it to actually convert to be functioning <laughs> hormones, that happens in the gut. And you're exactly right. You know, we, and this is why the gut health agency we do, we call it a top down and a bottom up approach. Right. So we do functional testing. We need to know functionally how is how are your organs of your GI tract working and what does your microbiome look like? Because, listen, ladies, at the end of the day, if there's a tapeworm living in your gut, you can only do so much nervous system work until we have to address the worm in the gut. Right. Like we have to address the infections, the parasites, the dysbiosis that is is a secondary thing to the longer, like, why is your gut an optimal place for those things to survive? 
That's why we have to do the as well, the top down therapy in addition to the bottom up. But you know, we, we have to approach it both at the same time and very carefully and, and steadily because you know, if you've lived in this chronic fight or flight state since infancy, which most of us have, we all have traumatized nervous systems, period. Like, let's just, we're not even talking about big T, little T's, like trauma is all about perception. Yeah. Whether it was a car accident or a balloon popped too loud on your second birthday or or you were, went to war or you were abused in some way, right? Perception is what the subconscious mind determines living or dying. The subconscious mind doesn't understand logic. So it doesn't understand that a loud noise on your second birthday is not dangerous. So this is where we have to reteach the nervous system, the sense of safety. And also, you know, if you're dealing with PTSD and you have dealt with a true life-threatening situation, we have to reteach your nervous system that you are now safe. And these triggers to that memory are no longer appropriate. So again, there's that top-down thing, which those are the things that decreased your GI tract's ability to absorb nutrients and eliminate waste and fight off pathogens. So now you're dealing with this mess in your gut. We have to approach that functionally from the bottom up as well. And this is where, you know, doing functional tests, implementing supplements, going through protocols that are unique to your gut. My goodness, please don't go buy some don't go buy an, a parasite cleanse from somebody online and do it yourself. Like, please just don't do it. We, I can't tell you how many clients come to us and say, oh, well, I, I saw this parasite cleanse by this person and they swore it was the answer. And now I have head to toe hives and I have to be hospitalized. <laughs> like, oh my God, no, don't do that. All the time. All the time. Yeah. I you know, there's something to be said about having a sense of autonomy about our own healing, but then also just like going buck wild and having no sense of direction and no support and no help at all. Like that, there, there's a fine line between like, yes, all healing is self-healing, 100%. Nothing that we do as practitioners or doctors are going to cure you. Nothing. You have to do the work. Your body is going to heal, but it knows how to heal. But at the end of the day, if you're just throwing, and I say a few four letter words, scat, shit, poop, and crap. So I'm going <laughs> to say those now. If you're just throwing scat up against the wall and hoping it sticks, you know, you're going to really be on this forever turmoil train and this obsession with healing that we're now seeing is becoming this chronic thing as well, thanks to the internet. And, you know, on one hand, our generation, I think is much better off because we have the power to raise children in a very different way than our parents could because they didn't have the tools that we have now. But the obsession is going to keep feeding that continuous loop, just like what you said, the stress response, poor gut health, low dopamine, low serotonin. Now we start feeling like crap. Now we start making bad decisions and it's this constant cycle, but there is a way out. <laughs> yeah. it's not all loom and doom and gloom. <laughs> and I, I mean, I preach, I say this all the time to patients is a lot of my patients are very chronically ill from things like Lyme disease or other infections that are just have kind of ramped up and I can help your body get rid of all those infections. And I promise you, I will do that, but your body will not heal. If your central nervous system is not on the same page that your body is physically or that your labs are showing me like that is crucial. So one thing I, I want to touch on is what are, what are the differences that you see in somebody's central nervous or nervous system in general 
for someone who is constipated versus someone who, yes, agree with you 110%, has been diagnosed with IBS. Do you see differences in their in their CNS? Mm. You know, it's a really good question. And I'm trying to think of like broad spectrum answers, which of course it's it's never, it's never like just a one-stop shop. But you know, we can get stuck into an unhealthy parasympathetic state as well. And I think that's really important to know, especially as like the nervous system starts is is now trending, right? It was gut health for a while. Now it's nervous system is starting to trend. You know, I think we've demonized the sympathetic nervous response and we've started to believe, oh my gosh, I have to live in parasympathetic state in order to feel better. But ladies and gentlemen, orgasms happen in a sympathetic state. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but that's a pretty good thing to experience, right? Now, if you are experiencing an orgasm 24 seven, seven days a week, it probably would hurt and it probably wouldn't be so fun anymore or nuanced anymore. So the ability to shift back and forth, the malleability, it's kind of like a rubber band, right? We need to be able to increase our ability or maybe our knowledge, our innate knowledge that it's safe to bounce back and forth. We have to know when we're in a threatened situation. We have to know when there's danger. I walk the beach every day, a German shepherd attacked me. I knew before I even turned around that that thing was coming at me because all of my senses went, it gives me goosebumps. I knew I was in danger. And because of that response, I was able to turn around and defend myself, which was awesome, scary, but awesome. Yeah, Simultaneously, yeah. I also knew that I had to then do the work to nurture myself, to remind myself that I was safe and to do the subconscious work. We have a specific tool that we use called Orpheus. There's a lot of wonderful tools out there, EMDR, NLP, EFT tapping, some of them are more conscious brain stuff. I have a whole free masterclass on this that really dives deep and explains the different parts of the brain that different tools use. We use and like a tool called Orpheus because it specifically talks to the subconscious brain. So it's very efficient and it can be self-applied. But I had to do that work in order to reteach myself that I'm now safe. So that way, every time I went to walk the beach, I wasn't going into this heightened state. Or every time I saw a dog, I wasn't freaking out, right. right? Of course, I learned how to protect myself and that I might need a weapon, <laughs> a baseball bat, you know, something in case there is a rogue dog walking down with, you know, not on a leash. However, I don't want to stop walking the beach. So circling it back around to your answer about constipation and IBS or even, you know, the differences, I do think that dysregulation is really the best way to put it. Sometimes people are stuck in this heightened survival response. And it's very obvious. I mean, we are energetic beings. We can feel even virtually each other very, I mean, this is why social media is so intense because we can feel each other through posts, right? So you can tell when a patient or a client is stuck in this heightened, anxious, sympathetic state. And this is often when we see that inflamed IBS running to the bathroom, kind of like irritable, uh, diarrhea, explosive situations. However, that often also comes with the chronic state of constipation, right? Often explosive diarrhea is not really diarrhea. It's usually a result. It, it's another symptom of chronic constipation, right? The body's finally just like, okay, this has to come out. 
which when we think about constipation and maybe more of a slower system, we got to look at motility. People can also get stuck in a parasympathetic state as well. That's also unhealthy. So this is where we can kind of start navigating the conversation of a freeze state, you know, when, when people are unmotivated, you know, uh, under, under inspired, underwhelmed, just kind of feeling blah in life. These could be all signs and symptoms that your gut is not responding as well. And you're kind of stuck in that parasympathetic state and you could probably benefit from some stimulating activities to kind of get you back into that sympathetic state as well. So it's not a clear cut answer, but there are probably patterns that we see with people. Usually the patterns are responses of being in a chronic state, either one way or the other. And then by the time they make their way to us as functional practitioners, (laughs) they're probably all over the place. And, you know, there's not necessarily like one blanket, like, this is what this looks like more. So you're dealing with this probably because you've been dealing with it for a really long time. And we need to start slowly unpeeling that onion (laughs) so we can start letting that pearl in the middle shine again. Absolutely. I, I, I love all that. And when we were, when you were first starting to answer, it clicked when you were saying, Hey, we have to be able to shift, then it's like, well, duh, people are getting stuck on one side or the other. It makes total sense. And so I mean, we could talk yeah. to you all day, every day, but we do have to honor yeah. this time. And so I want to wrap up by two things. Number one is if you have a, a top three general, not giving away too much information, but top three general kind of tips for our community that you would suggest, I would love that. And then secondly, how yeah. can our community reach out yeah. to you? Where can they follow you? Where, they, where can they get in contact with you to learn more? Yes. Totally. And I love this because Dr. Cece, I am, I live in an abundance mindset. I give all the goods for free all the time. (laughs) So, you know, I am not here to gatekeep information at the end of the day. I do believe that for those of you who have the gusto and the ability to self heal, just go to my Instagram, which is your gutsy gal or my company, the gut health, uh, just at gut health agency on Instagram, the gut health agency.com. And we have freebies. I mean, constant information that if you, if you have the wherewithal to piece it all together and figure it out yourself, go for it, do it, (laughs) please, by all means. Um, And if that feels overwhelming and if you're stuck in this paralyzed state and overwhelmed with just too much information as it is, then maybe it's time we hop on a call. That's where having a professional to guide, like what's the next right step can be really helpful. So as far as the next three steps that you can start taking today, first and foremost, let's all do it together. Just take a nice deep breath in through your nose. Relax your jaw and sigh it out your mouth audibly. (sighs) The power of a deep breath. I know. You can add a little fun to that. I call it horse lips. I share it on my Instagram. It's literally, you can also call it a raspberry. Like what you do to like a baby, you do a raspberry on their belly and it's the cutest thing in the world and they giggle uncontrollably, right? Those vibrations, that deep breath is going to stimulate your vagus nerve. So if you're like, I'm a stress, I'm a stress ball. I have a busy life. 
I'm on the go. I want to turn my digestion on before I eat. I want to lube up and get myself turned on. This is a really easy, easy thing that you can do. Hum, raspberry lips, get the vibration going. Sometimes we suggest humming happy birthday twice before you start eating. This is, you know, it's just a really easy way to message through your vagus nerve that you are safe, that we can start turning on our digestive processes and that we can do all the things that we need to do in order to be ready for the food that we're about to consume. So that's step one, vibration. Humming, singing, gargling, laughing, all of those things are gonna stimulate the vagus nerve starting in your mouth, which is appropriate because digestion starts before it even hits your mouth, but chemically it starts in your mouth. Which brings me to the second point. One of the most game changing things, especially if you see food in your poop, if you are bloated all the time, and if you are constipated, chew your food. <laughs> you have teeth for a reason other than just smiling pretty, right? Your teeth are tools and saliva is a tool. So the more, the longer your food sits in your mouth, the better you're going to give your gut, uh, the more primed your gut is going to be for digestion. This is why we give babies mush. If they don't have teeth, we have to, we can't feed them whole chunks of food, right? We have a tendency to not chew our food. I think the average chew is something ridiculous, like three chews per bite. Chew, According chew, to Ayurveda, we want to chew. Chew, chew, chew to 22. <laughs> suck, suck. Yes, chew, chew, chew. 32 is really even what we're going for. 32, <laughs> literally, chew, 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 32. Chew your food, it's game changing. Think applesauce consistency and, oh my God, this new Zoom thing. It's like balloons, <laughs> crazy, fireworks, <laughs> confetti. Chewing, but if, if people are not watching the video of this, they're like, what's happening? We're recording this on Zoom and there's all these like AI things happening. <laughs> there's balloons, there's fireworks, there's confetti. Clearly I'm not even Italian and I've got everything going on. The act of chewing is also really important because that is another stimulation of your vagus nerve through your jaw that tells your body we're about to eat. So if you like protein shakes, make it a protein bowl and add whole nuts, you know, add things on there or, you know, chunks of cacao or, or coconut nibs that you can actually chew because the act of chewing itself is really important for the GI tract. Okay. So vibration, getting turned on, chewing your food. And then lastly, what was the last one? I had a good one. Oh, bitters. So again, these, these are all kind of like things that you can do before you eat. You know, again, if, if you really want to start making a shift functionally from the bottom up, <laughs> we talked a lot about things that you can do, knees to chest, squat, gentle movements, massage, acupuncture, carb, you know, all these things functionally, pelvic floor therapists that you can do starting from the bottom up, but from the top down, these are really important things that you can do even before you start eating to help your gut and your nervous system. Digestive bitters. Someday I'm going to launch a supplement company with only bitters, <laughs> nothing else, <laughs> because I'm telling you, this is just a tried and true, very benign thing. I mean, if you have an infection like H. pylori, please do not just go out there and start supplementing hydrochloric acid, betaine, HCL, 
I know there's a lot of people out there pushing all sorts of supplements, but just just don't do it because if you do, you could be causing more of a problem for yourself. You know, if you're popping probiotics every day and you still feel like crap, you're probably creating dysbiosis with the good gut bugs. So like, just, just pull back, do less, honey, do less. <laughs> but digestive bitters are a wonderful benign tool. Again, kind of like another literal lube for your gut health that are going to trigger saliva in your mouth. You know, just thinking about it. It's like thinking about licking a lemon. Saliva is going to be produced. Stomach acids going to be produced. Bile and enzymes are going to be produced again from your liver, your liver and your pancreas. So thinking about chemical and physical digestion or mechanical digestion are going to be really important in the process. And those are three things that you can implement and do right now. I mean, bitters, I literally mean the thing that you can, you know, you, you make a cocktail with at the bar, but buy a better one than, than what, you know, than what they have at the bar. Uh, but worst case scenario, if you're not feeling good, a little bit of bitters in ginger ale is like a tried and true old, you know, the ginger and the bitters is there's a reason why when people are hung, I was a bartender for a long time and people are hung over, they start with a bitters ginger ale before they start drinking again, because it, it helps get things moving and grooving. I would recommend other strategies, buy yourself a tank. You know, you can co connect with me on Instagram, your gutsy gal, and I'll send you some tried and true bitters that you can get either locally or online that we trust and use with our clients every day. And, um, you know, I think, I think those are three things that you can implement right now that are going to make a big difference in how you feel. Yes. Those, and those are amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that because most of our society is so on the go that you're right. We're shoving food in our mouth in the car or on lunch break. That's supposed to be an hour and we're yep. only doing seven minutes. And then we're like, why are we constipated? Well, yep. because you didn't allow your body to yeah. proper <laughs> mechanics to set yourself up for digestion. That is such a pertinent piece of information. So thank you yes. so much. I can't wait to talk to you again. I feel like yes. we have so many more things we can dive into. I know. But we would love to have you on at some point again. Listen, I'll wrap, I'll wrap it up with this. Yes, I would love to be here. And listen, one last takeaway, just because I think it's hilarious. And I think for all the women listening, especially men too, but particularly women, listen, I always remember this. I don't want anything shoved in any orifice anywhere in my body if I'm not wet and turned on first, including food. <laughs> so get your mouth wet and turned on, get yourself lubed up and ready to enjoy the pleasure of the meal that you're about to experience. Because if life is not pleasurable in Technicolor, what the hell is the point of it anyway? <laughs> Far amazing. Absolutely. And we will have Chelsea on again. Um, we have absolutely loved our conversation with yeah. her so far. And there's so many questions that she and I both have wherever you're poking each other. Like, I want to ask a question, but we're all out of time. So we will make sure that we have Chelsea back on and make sure yeah. that you go and follow all of her things. We'll have them listed in the show notes um, and you'll get an email yes. from our audience. You'll hear, hear more about Chelsea and Chelsea will share us with your audience as well. And we are so excited. Um, I've learned so much. So much. So, yeah. and thank you again, Chelsea, so much. <laughs> thank you. Enjoy the beach. Um, you are so welcome. You to enjoy it a little bit longer. Thank you. Um, there in paradise. <laughs> we have enjoyed our talk. Yes. Tune for the great month. thing about living in Central America. Right, right. Um, stay tuned, y'all, for lots more to come this month on all things gut health related. But until next time, let's, let's discover, discover together. together.
Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this journey of exploration and learning as much as we have. Before you go, we have a special request for you, our beloved discoverers. We'd be thrilled if you could show your support in a few easy steps. Step one, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to turn that notification bell so you never miss a moment of discovery. Step two, if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review our show. Your feedback means the world to us and helps others discover our podcast too. Step three, whether you're on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, please share the discovery.podcast with your friends, family, and social networks. It's the best way to spread the joy of discovery. And finally, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at the Discovery Doc. Stay connected with us for updates, behind the scenes content, and so much more. Plus, for exclusive content and additional resources, be sure to check out our website at www.thediscoverydoc.com. And while you're there, if you have a burning question or a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, simply let us know. Thank you, Discoverers, for being part of our incredible journey. Until next time, let's discover together. The content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc podcast encourages listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another. The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.